Joey Jaws Chestnut of Westfield, Indiana, gobbled his way to a 15th win at the Nathan's famous 4th of July hot dog eating contest in Brooklyn, powering down 63 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes at the annual Exhibition of Success. Our sports center was showing highlights of this display. I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not in favor of it. You think overeating? This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, hello, Canada. Welcome to the RP Show. Coming to you live for another day from Cody Snyder's Bull Bustin here in the beautiful Gray Eagle Resort and Casino parking lot. <laughs> We're in a parking lot for a second straight day. I love it. The second of four days here of uh, the best. Bucking Bulls and Bull Riders Canada has to offer, but we're here to talk sports, and wouldn't you know it, I forgot my shades in my room, but that's okay. We're going to have a lot of fun today over the next two hours. I believe the sun is going to keep shining for the whole day as we welcome in the moose, Darren Moose DuPont. Yeah, and uh, great hair. Great hair. It was tucked behind the cloud yeah. 30 seconds ago until literally we went right on the air. Do we have a runner? Can we get a runner? To go get my shades, it would help yeah. me out immensely. I don't think in the four-minute commercial breaks we can make that happen. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot going on in the world of sports and not just with the bull riding. We're going to talk about what's went on here last night, what's going to go on over the next 24 hours in the world of sports. That in our quick six. We've got some NHL, certainly a lot of CFL, Canadian Football League stuff. Because I said it Darren, to Darren walking across the parking lot here as he went to go fill up his coffee. I said, it's July. It's Canada. We're going to talk some CFL football, right? With the NHL free agency and everything, I understand there's millions of people, but that are into the kinds of things that I'm seeing on SportsCenter and Sportsnet Connected all the time. And it's uh, top six, bottom six, down the middle, bridge contract, term, blah, blah. <laughs> I can't. I just, I'm just interested in the games. Did you win or did you lose? And if you didn't win, you're going to be fired eventually. How you make the hot dog... I don't care. I just want to eat the hot dog. And actually, we're going to talk about Joey Chestnut here. But So my question to you is, do you get into the gobbledygook? Because I feel like Darren Dreger, we love him, obviously. He was just on this show the other day. But he says, I'm hearing there's interest in Montreal. It's heating up with JT Miller, blah, 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 blah. I understand that the Canucks fans and the Montreal fans would be. But it seems like a lot of fake news to me. It is. It's a lot yeah. of speculation and, and fake news. I get into it. Especially, especially around free agency, first few days of free agency, I get into it. Um, at this time, I mean, with the draft and free agency. But then for me, it dies down a little bit until you actually get into training camp. But uh, I follow fair. it a little That's bit. Fair. That's fair. I get it. And also with the draft, you know, <laughs> I'm as real as a heart attack, as you know. And uh, with the draft coming up this week, everybody's getting excited. And I'm not. I'll be more excited next year when Connor Bedard Mind you, there won't be any drama there either. We'll no, know by won't. now who will have the number one overall pick. We know who right? they're going to take. Right. So I'm just not the biggest draft guy. But I want to say this, speaking of being real, and before we get to the show horn here, here's what happened last night. This arena, full. I don't know what it holds, but it was packed. Cody Snyder's becoming a close friend. And what I love about what's happening in Calgary, I got, you know, Flames and Stan Peters alumni. I got their phone numbers now. I'm hooking them up with Cody Snyder. And Cody's like, this guy, Blank, is the kind of guy that I want on my show. So give him my number. You know, connecting people. Yeah. That's what I like doing. You know, and let's all have a big old fun time. But I stuck out here last night. Literally like a sore, a sore thumb. To, to, so for, for one... If you go look at my Instagram, Rod Peterson Official, or our Twitter, there was bulls. 
coming right at me. Right at me. But I was up against the rail. Yeah. I had my camera out. Anybody that's followed me around know I've always got a camera going, right? Yeah. And so Cody was right in front of the chute here, and he saw me, and he's like, yeah, he's fine. Like, let him, let him be. Do what he's doing. But these bulls came right at me. And my guy, Moisty, who you met here, he says, you might have not wanted to wear a bright orange shirt, Rod. That's what the bulls charge at. Don't! I completely forgot that. Flip-flops, tan, tan shorts, and a bright fluorescent uh, Under Armour golf shirt. Um, but you're just being you. So. Tell them about the nice uh, lo- young gals. <laughs> Couple of gals, yeah, turned around, looked at you, and, and, and what did they say exactly? It was something along the lines of, excuse us. Yeah. Are you local? Because we got to wonder why you're not wearing cowboy gear like everybody else here. You're the only guy in the arena. And what do we got to do? Not wearing cowboy gear. Yeah. And I said, I'm not a cowboy. And they didn't seem to care. They're like, we got to get you outfitted. We'll take you shopping. Yeah. Meh. Not today. So anyways, <laughs> I just won't wear something that will attract bulls coming at me uh, for the rest neutral of the... Neutral color. Yeah, yeah. neutral bay, Like everybody else in the place. Blend in. Yeah. Okay. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? <laughs> Thanks. And by the way, Wacy Rabbit is going to be joining us, uh, the newest member of the Saskatoon Blades coaching staff. Uh, WHL vet. Wacy's got an interesting story. He's going to be with us. And I put out an invite to the... I, I don't have time. I, we'll get to the real sports here. Not real sports. Other mainstream sports here. But there's a, there was an, an announcer here last night that is new. And I know my brother's, my brother's watching right now. He might know who this Brinson is. But the guy, he, he's not really a clown. He's kind of an announcer, but he's athletic. And he's jumping around. And he's in like Lululemon cowboy gear. You know what I mean? And he's very exciting and entertaining. And he's jumping up on the rails. He's running up and down. He's like an acrobat, meets a bullfighter, meets a singer. Like, he's everything. He's a little bit of everything, right? He's a showman. He's like... He's a showman! He's the guy at the circus, right? The, uh, what do you call it? Barker. Yeah, like, you know, out conducting everything and transitioning from one to the next. There's a couple of times he didn't almost know how to pick his spots. He's pretty good at it. I think he's new. Because he knows, you know, there was a couple of times where the bull just wasn't ready to go, right? He was either bucking too much or he couldn't get him settled down. And so he knew there was going to be a delay while they tried two, three, four times to get this rider on the bull. And so he'd go into a joke or into some sort of skit. And one time he stepped all over the announcer. Didn't go well. No, and uh, they got to work. You knew it. What did you say? This is fun to watch. Yeah, pretty fun. The clown and the announcer trying to work together wasn't going well on opening night. But anyways, he was right above us. I mean, on the rail. And I'm like, what's your Instagram? And he goes, <laughs> at Brinson. He turns. He's got it written across the back of his shirt. Yeah, like a name bar. Right, like a name bar. So I wrote him this morning. And I was in the gym. I said, you want to come on my show? And as of three hours ago, he hasn't read it yet, Moose. So Brinson, the entertainer, might join us here an hour or two. Anyways, number one, as we go, thank you. Hit, hit it again, Jordan, if you don't mind. Let's wake everybody up. Thank you. Number one point of the Quick 6 Show Topics, BC wide receiver Keon Hatcher has been named the top performer of week four of the Canadian Football League season, making it three times in four weeks. The Lions have claimed the honor. It's like the first star in the NHL's three stars that they announce every Monday. Hatcher caught seven passes for 177 yards and a touchdown in the Lions 34-31 win over Ottawa on Thursday. Saskatchewan defensive line men Anthony Lanier II and Pete Robertson were also honored as players of the week. 
Lanier had a career-high three sacks, and Robertson had two sacks, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery in the Rough Riders' 41-20 victory over Montreal on Sunday. Two things coming out of that before I move on. We hear the Rough Riders kicker Brett Lowther might have a broken hand. They said he's going for x-rays. It's Wednesday. I don't know why he hasn't now. Is that the state of the healthcare system now that he's got to wait this long? Probably. And also, I continue to hear that Cody Fajardo is banged up with mid- and lower body injuries that are significant, yet he continues to play. Moving on, Moose, you good with that? Yeah, Brett doesn't kick with his hands, does he? No, exactly. Point two, it's Wednesday, and we always have the same poll question every Wednesday during the CFL season, which is Canada's game of the week in the CFL, and think about this for for a second. Here we go, Thursday night. It's Calgary at Edmonton, and Moose and I are going to be at the game. Calgary at Edmonton at Commonwealth, we're going to be there. Thank you, Elks. And they're great staff. Battle of Alberta, football version. Friday, Ottawa at Sask. And Saturday, Winnipeg at BC. And I don't know, do you have a sample size, Clark, on Twitter? Or, uh, sorry, on YouTube? Because I haven't looked at Twitter. What is leading? Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, okay. Running yeah. away with it is the rematch of the 2011 Grey Cup. Winnipeg Blue Bombers at BC Lions. Both teams undefeated. It's Zach Kalaros, the two-time defending Grey Cup champion quarterback, versus WestJet Nathan Rourke, the Canadian quarterback of the BC Lions. It's not even close, Moose, and this tells me a lot of things about what our viewership is and where it's going and where it is, and I can't disagree. The game of the week in the CFL is Winnipeg at BC. I actually thought about this yesterday for a little bit, and I was thinking, I'm like, okay, well, our poll question for tomorrow is set. Yeah. Like, if there's ever a day we don't need to do that poll question, it's this week. I mean, it shouldn't even be close. I'm surprised it's not 100% because it's it's the game of the week by a mile. By a mile. It'll be so much fun to watch. And, and I believe BC's favorite in the game. Uh, yes. Which that's a little bit wild too. Our exclusive betting partner, as you know, and as is the same for the Canadian Football League is Bet Regal. I went and checked out the betting lines this morning, which incidentally they have their own odds makers. They're not like a lot of these betting companies that use a computer-generated software program for their betting lines, Bet Regal comes up with their own. Do you want to do deal or no deal now? We can. Why Why we, not? Let, yeah. Let's do it. Do, deal or no deal, CFL edition. We do it every week. Because uh, I do have the betting lines in front of me. It's simple. Everybody knows how we do it. Calgary at Edmonton Thursday night. The Stampeders are favored by three and a half... At Edmonton. Deal or no deal? Deal. Easy deal. Okay. Friday night, it's a rematch of the 1966 Great Cup. Ottawa at Saskatchewan. <laughs> Why are you laughing like that? That's good. It's my lynch. I know. I miss him. Uh, Sask favored by seven. No deal. Deal or no? No, no, no deal? No. no. I, I, you know, in that game, I think Ottawa has taken some strides. I really like the Ottawa Red Blocks. I think I, I would kind of take the deal if it was Saskatchewan by three I would take that deal I think that's a better line three three and a half I just think they're giving t- and at the beginning they opened at, at 10 to start the week and now it's down to seven so I would take that uh, I wouldn't take the deal yet I would put money on Ottawa right now Saturday Canada's game of the week I really wish the CFL and TSN would get behind pushing that but I think because it was my idea they don't but it's BC favored by three deal or no deal Deal. Deal. I'm going to take BC. I think uh, just the – I don't know. Again, I don't know what's going to come out of Winnipeg because I thought they they were a little conservative against Toronto. 
And if they play conservative against BC, that's going to get out of hand. I think BC's offense will put up points against Winnipeg's defense. I do. But it's, that'll be a great game. Uh, I did not give mine. Uh, probably will a little later on. But uh, that, that's Moose's deal or no deal, his picks. And I defer to the Moose for all tactical football-related toppings. Uh, Aaron in Edmonton watching. He says, BC's had the top performer in every week they've played. I think the story said three of four. Jason in Red Deer says, the poll isn't 100% of the game of the week because I selected the Elks versus Stamps game because I'm going to be there, LOL. How about that? Moose and I are going. Moose and I are going. And we're considering maybe you people, our viewers, can help us with what you think we should do. We're considering a mini tailgate uh, at Commonwealth. I've never tailgated before there. So I'm thinking of popping the hatch in our capital SUV, throwing out a pop-up. And just greeting people. What do you think? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, last time I was there in Commonwealth for a game, I don't know if they have a tailgate, what they do for a pregame. I don't remember. Ooh, I would hope so. I don't remember. So help us out in the comments. Let us know what's going on in, in Edmonton pregame. Yeah, what do you folks in Edmonton think we should do and what's available for a game day tailgate for the RP show at the CFL Week 5 Lidlifter? Uh, I saw a guy here, was it Randy in Winnipeg? So he says, I'm worried about the Bombers' offense. Stop! I've seen it, too, on social media. I've seen Bomber fans going, oh, we're 4-0, but I don't like the way we won. Take that over there. Thanks. Ryan in Toronto says, it's still early, but you have to love what Amar Doman has been doing with the BC Lions. Yes, but consider this. 34,000 and change for week one, which led to CFL in attendance, 15,500 in week three. Significant drop-off. I'm not saying that's on Amar. I'm not saying that's on anybody, but it should be hopefully sustainable. Um, Andrew Stout on... YouTube watching says, Bonjour, it is NHL Draft Eve. Interesting draft day stats. The last 10 years points averages. Cooley 1.50. Shane Wright 1.50. Slevkowski 0.33. Yeah, see, that, see not, that does not float my boat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our CFL coverage for Edo Japan. From hand-rolled sushi to bento box meals made with their famous teriyaki sauce, Ito Japan's menu has something for everyone. Mm-hmm. Point three, as we wind up this segment, we'll move into the rest after the break. Joey Chestnut expressed regret for briefly putting a protester in a chokehold Monday during the annual Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Chestnut, standing at the center of the raised stage July 4th on Coney Island in New York, quickly resumed shoving hot dogs into his mouth after the incident. Joey Chestnut told USA Today Sports on Tuesday, quote, as soon as I grabbed the guy, I realized he was a kid. I felt bad afterwards. I was just amped up, just focused on getting back to eating. How about, How about we on protesters? What if you were in the middle of performing and a protester jumped on stage? What would you do? I take myself out of that question because I'd probably start talking to them and wonder what, why the hell they're on stage and have that conversation. But you see it in football. It's like streakers, right? Right? 
And you'll see. Just let him go. You'll see, well, some linebackers <laughs> will take him out, spear him right in the middle of the field, right? Yeah. Um, you know, guys jump on the bench, and Rob Ray beats the ever-living crap out of him, right, on the bench. Um, and some guys just let him go. So I don't really know. Um, but it was cool to see him kind of shove him aside and then continue eating hot dogs. Uh, you make a great point about that. Um, protesters, hecklers. I remember one time calling a game Rough Riders Eskimos at Commonwealth Stadium, and some guy stood right in front of the press box. I'm sure you're there. There's that wide conquest right there. Mm-hmm. Peterson, you're a no talent hack. A hack. I'm like, oh, have a nice no. day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And then continued. And that was the extent of it. I would yeah. never get physical with a protester. That's just not smart. That, jo- yeah. Joey Chestnut did. And I think you're opening yourself up to uh, a lot of problems there. Anyways, when we come back, I see that they're geeked up about the CFL talk. We're going to delve into the NHL talk when we come back and a whole lot more. We're live from Cody Snyder's Bull Bustin in beautiful Calgary, Alberta. On this Wednesday, you are... Watching and listening to the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube live streaming, and of course, the podcast is always findable wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, Google, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. We're live from Cody Snyder's Bull Bust at night to tonight, 7 p.m. The event is sold out. Before we bring the moose back on camera here, a sports update. A slow start turned into a goal rush last night as Canada blanked Trinidad and Tobago 6-0 to open play at the CONCACAF Women's Championship in Guadalupe, Mexico. Canada's U23 men's and women's basketball teams were both victorious when Tuesday on the opening day of the inaugural Global Jam Tournament in Toronto. The Canadian men defeated Brazil 89-75. Canadian women beat Belgium 65-53. Both Canadian teams play the USA today. The war in Ukraine has added an increasing level of uncertainty for teams looking at Russian-born prospects in this week's NHL draft. There is the potential of Russia being shut out in the first round for the first time since 05. The concerns include when and whether Russian players will be able to travel to play in North America at all. The draft will be held Thursday and Friday in Montreal. And the theme of the Saudi-backed Live Golf Series is golf but louder. And it's getting pretty noisy. There is an us versus them mentality between those who joined the Rebel League and those who have stayed loyal to the PGA Tour. We've been following this, of course, for the past several weeks. It seems to start with players who took the money and are being vocal about it. American Billy Horschel has had enough, calling many of the live money chasers a bunch of lying hypocrites. How about that? This sports update for Edo Japan, Edo, Japan, delicious Japanese-inspired meals and snacks made to order with high-quality ingredients. I appreciate everybody chiming in on the loquacious and delicious topics we've had so far, but we continue on the Quick 6 Show topics with Moose and I, who bring the Moose back on. And I do want to say this. Uh, yeah, we're, people are talking about Mike Greer, the new general manager of the San Jose Sharks, and that's what I want to talk about. But one thing about the Rodeo Cowboys, we got the soccer results, the international basketball results, and I feel Rodeo should be more mainstream in the term of sport. Why is there not Rodeo results here, you know? 
And uh, I don't know why that is. I mentioned yesterday that I did grow up in and around this rodeo industry, so I thought everybody was. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then I go to college in Calgary at the age of 17, and they're all, morning, Pete. Everybody's into it out here. And I'm like, yeah, they're just like home. And then I realized not everybody's like that, but is everybody into global America basketball and soccer and CONCACAF? Pretty sure no. <laughs> no, but probably at, at greater numbers. But, yeah, I know. Like, that's something we've seen the PBR, and it's been on our television sets ever since I was a kid. And it's just something that hasn't, for whatever reason, hasn't cracked the mainstream. And I don't know if it's that they like having their own kind of world, you know, the cowboy world. And Maybe. They, and they don't want, the, yeah. as you call them, the Broadway cowboys to kind of take that over because it's sacred? Or is it just they just haven't been able to crack the mainstream? I'm not sure what it is. Well, one thing about cowboys, and I'm related to one. He's probably listening right now. They're just happy being happy. And making a living. You know listen I mean? to a few country songs, eh? But that's not a country song, I don't think. It's just they're just they just want to make a living and but yeah, be happy and be sure. outdoors and it's a simple life. Yeah, right. And uh, maybe that's a good thing. But uh, Cody Snyder was down here today, and I'm f- sorry to say, but it's inexcusable that Cody Snyder would not have a Wikipedia page. And trust me, it's not easy to get a Wikipedia page. But as they introduced him here last night to a raucous ovation, this is Cody Snyder's bull busted. World champion bull rider, Cody Snyder. Cody Snyder, how does he not have a Wikipedia page? And I said to him this morning, Cody, I tried to, where would I find your bio? And he goes, go to CodySnydersBullBustin.com. It's all on there, which is where it should be. But, yeah. you know, a lot of the best bull riders last night were from Saskatchewan. And I'm sitting here going, why do I not know this? Who's out selling this? Who's out pushing this information? Nobody. That's who. And yet I can get this CONCACAF stuff anywhere. Anyways, I'm on a bit of a... And, and hey, Stephen watching in North Dakota with a wonderful question. He says, is bad news better than not in the news at all with Live Golf? I'm not going down the Live Golf topic here today. It's a wonderful topic for him to say. I think it is good that everybody's talking about it. I really do. But I want to jump into this because it is Canada and people have been waiting for the hockey talk. Place line, San Jose, point four, the quick six show topics. The San Jose Sharks' three-month search for a general manager ended with a barrier-breaking hire as the team made longtime NHL forward Mike Greer the first black GM in NHL history. Greer fills the spot that opened when Doug Wilson stepped away for health reasons on April 7th. Team President Jonathan Betcher said Greer emerged from a pool of dozens of candidates because of his experience as a player, scout, coach, and executive over the last few decades and his commitment to building a winning culture in San Jose. But he acknowledged the history-making nature of the hire as well. Mike Greer spent three of his 14 seasons in the NHL with the Sharks from 06 to 09. He retired in 2011. He played 1,060 games. He spent time as a scout in Chicago, assistant coach in New Jersey, most recently the hockey operations advisor for the New York Rangers, where he was given many of the responsibilities of an assistant general manager. So, Darren, it sounds very clearly like he's ready. This sounds very much like he was team president Jonathan Betcher's hire. I don't know Mike Greer, but at 1,060 games in the NHL, clearly a lot of guys do, and they speak very highly of him. And I put it on our show Instagram story this morning that I was going to talk about this and say this is not just a diversity hire. Yeah, they're making good. Jonathan Betcher's ass is on the line if this doesn't work out. Of course. So that's my point is this isn't 
He wants to win, and I think he obviously believes that Greer's the best guy for the job. Well, his ass is on the line with everybody that he hires in every situation. And that's the biggest thing that I hear coming out of this hire is how well-respected Mike Greer is. He's got the respect of not only the people in that organization, but I think he's got respect around the league. And in order to do that job, you have to be well-connected. You have to have respect of your peers and of the players. Right. And I think Mike Greer checks a lot of boxes. So it's a great hire. I'm excited to see where it goes because I was a huge fan of, of San Jose when they were growing, you know, and, and competing and trying to win Stanley Cups. They never got over that hump, but uh, maybe he's the guy who can get them back there. Very interesting to watch. And it's the week of the NHL draft. The Sharks name a general manager. And it's. I learned a lot about the general manager position when. A team that I was with, their GM was suspended for a year. And because, like a lot of things, you take them, everybody for granted. People took me for granted in what, what I do and what I'm good at. You take the general manager maybe for granted until he's not there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I realize, what does a general manager do? They generally manage. So if there's somebody not generally managing, everything falls through the damn floor. Yeah, You know, so the thing with Mike Greer, they haven't, you know, Doug Wilson stepped away. I'll be honest, I still don't understand how he's in the Hockey Hall of Fame as whether a player or a general manager, but I think he's a really nice guy. That might be the biggest reason. But Doug Wilson stepped away. Yeah, the Sharks have been to the Stanley Cup final. Overall, pretty good career for Doug Wilson, but he took it as far as it was going to go. But you hire a GM, Darren, you're going into the draft. Mm-hmm. Like, I do know a little bit about the personnel side of the thing. So you just let the guys that are in those roles on autopilot, let them go do their thing? Like, when does he start being the general manager? Well, and that's the question, too, is, well, has he already started? Right? He was the assistant general manager. And when your general manager steps away in April, who's been managing the team and, and taking care of those responsibilities for the last three months. I yeah. would imagine Mike Greer's fingerprints. They've had, a, they've had an interim. Yeah. yeah, and I can imagine Mike Greer's fingerprints are all over this, too. So um, it'll be interesting, but they won't, they won't have an issue. I mean, going into the draft, their scouting department's done great work. They've, there's been communication through the entire staff, I'm sure, and through the organization. So I don't think there's an issue. They'll be talking to free agents. Uh, I think it'll be, it'll be fine. Uh, a little bit of our NHL coverage for the day. I'm just cranking up the 902 text line, by the way. Oh, it's full. <laughs> 902-518-3033. Um, there's a few texts in here from yesterday. I haven't opened it for the day yet, so uh, there's some from yesterday. Just just to clarify here, Randy in Winnipeg says, where is it? He goes, I'm not sure why I can't be concerned about my Bombers' offense just because they're 4-0. Haven't played a Western or winning team yet. No, no, you can be whatever you want. We're all about inclusivity around here. Believe me, we are. I'm not going to talk about it. You can worry all you want. Worrying isn't going to help the situation, man. And um, look at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders when they were 2-1. and one And, oh, the sky's falling. They got their ass kicked in Montreal. Turned around and kicked Montreal's ass. What they should be worried about in Saskatchewan is those injuries. But I'm glad that you are comfortable to come here and talk about the fact that you're worried about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers offense. What I'm saying is they're 4-0. We're not going to talk about it. 
that noted philosopher Van Wilder. What do you say? Worrying is like a rocking chair. Gives you something to do, doesn't but it doesn't you get you anywhere. <laughs> exactly. Jim Naden watching the show in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, regarding yesterday in, uh, an old rodeo clown okay. by the name of Lee Bellows wrote in, as you know, and he said, Rod, your dad was a great rodeo color guy back in the day. And I'm like, he was? So Jim and Moose Jaw writes in and says, I could see old Jimmy Peterson being a rodeo color analyst. Oh, that would have been good. Darren never met my dad, and I know I talk about my dad all the time, but my dad was everything. He was everything. Farmer, cattle farmer, hockey scout, clearly a rodeo color analyst. I had no idea that. A sober coach before that was even a thing. Trust me, he was. He was He was a pilot. Did you know he's a pilot? That I didn't know. And he had his own plane. He quit flying and sold his plane by the time I was even born, I think. My dad was everything, as was my mom. But my brother texted me this morning with that line that I mentioned on the show, but my brother said, like mom always said, why do people dress up like a cowboy to go to a rodeo? You don't wear hockey equipment to a hockey game. She never could figure that out. And I can't figure it out. And they were all wearing it last night. Oh, it's the only oh. one in the place, except for Darren. Yeah. But you weren't standing out with a no, neon orange golf shirt. I was like at me. least somewhat covert last night. But do you think your guy, your in- the guy from Instagram, jumping up on the fence, you think he's a color man? How do you mean? Like, is that, would, would he consider himself a rodeo color man? Yeah. You know? Probably. But I don't know if your dad was up on fences like that dancing. This guy last night was jumping around like Mick Jagger. I'd never seen anything like it. And he, like I say, he was in a Lululemon type. It wasn't Lulu, but it was like Lulu, like stretchy. He was athletic. And a cowboy. He's jumping up on on the shoots. He's jumping up on the fence. He's almost falling over. And while they're trying to announce a rodeo, he's going to half the crowd. You say Ziggy Zaggy. You say Oi, Oi, Oi. (laughs) Right? I'm like, what is going on? He was... He was Cameron Hughes yes. of bull riding, of bull busting. There you go, but he didn't rip his shirt off. No, and he had a mic. I don't know if Cam has a mic, does he? Uh, no. By the way, Wacy Rabbit is coming up after the break. We've extended an inv- invitation to Brinson, the rodeo entertainer that we were just talking about, to come on an hour two. But as of four hours ago, he still hasn't opened my invitation on Instagram. So it might just be us and you. In hour two, and I think you're all okay with that. But Wacy Rabbit is next. You're watching the RP show on the Game Plus Television Network. We're live from Cody Snyder's Bull Bustin on the Sutina Nation, just outside Calgary, on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24 hour sports radio. Streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Resort and Casino, the place to be on the beautiful Sutina Nation. We are in our 14th week of our summer residency, but we've taken the show outside to Cody Snyder's Bull Bustin, and it's night two here at Gray Eagle. As you can see right over my shoulder, that is the uh, hotel. We are in the parking lot. They did it. Awesome. Sold out. And uh, it's a distinct pleasure 
to chat with this next guy. And before we bring you on, uh, Wacy Rabbit on camera, played in the Western Hockey League, broke in in 0102, played uh, four full seasons, uh, draft choice of the Boston Bruins in 05, played of the Providence Bruins, Milwaukee Admirals, San Antonio Rampage, among some of them, the Jacksonville Icemen. But he's come home to Alberta, and most recently in the news is joining the Saskatoon Blades' assistant coach, a guy that I have immense respect for, Wacy Rabbit, joining us on the program today from Edmonton. Wacy, you said that I just missed you. What were you doing coming through Calgary? Um, I'm actually from Calgary. My parents live there. We were coming back from Montana. My dad was at a rodeo, and I was helping him haul his horses. And we just missed each other by a, by a day, I guess. But I'm back in Edmonton, and... Um, before we get started, uh, Rod, I just want to want to thank you for something. Um, early on in my recovery, I was listening to a podcast, and you were speaking, and um, you know, part of part of telling your story was a huge part of my um, you know my healing journey. So I, I, I just recently reached my my two year sobriety mark, and you were a big part of that in my in my early, you know, just kind of finding my footing in sobriety. So I just want to say thank you for telling your story. It meant a lot for me. Thank you. Wow, Wacy. Well, thank you. Uh, congratulations on your recovery, man. I knew that, that you were in recovery. I didn't know you just passed two years, so congratulations. And I'm very proud to be on the same team with you in that regard. And obviously very excited for this Saskatoon Blades uh, appointment, I guess would be the way to say it. So you're obviously qualified. But maybe tell the viewers, I mentioned your playing history, but you've been running Wacy's uh, skills camp. You've been around the game helping kids. Talk about that if you don't mind. Yeah, I think probably for the last 10 years, I've been doing hockey schools. I've traveled to Whitehorse throughout Western Canada and Alberta. Um, my WR20 power skills, uh, I kind of came up during the pandemic. You know, just with uh, with restrictions, we were allowed to go on the ice. Um, I wanted to make sure, you know, I haven't been around just because of uh, my, my schedule during the hockey season. I wasn't, you know, around, like, especially around my community. So I wanted to bring a, a hockey school to my community. Um during those winter months and then it just kind of picked up and I did some off-season stuff with some Western League guys and you know that's something that I wanted to do post hockey is you know stay in the game whether that was management and you know I just love helping people um, I'm still competitive I want to be you know in the trenches with the with the players but just in a, a less uh, you know physically demanding on my body more on my mind now. Well, good for you. I When I heard from the Blades about it, you saw my tweet, obviously, because I tagged you, and I thought, oh, this fits. And I went back and I looked up your hockey DB. I'm like, 20 years ago? <laughs> doesn't feel like that long ago that you played there, does it? Doesn't to me. Uh, it doesn't, but I think we're old. So I think old people say it doesn't feel that long anymore. <laughs> I know. And what I recall also, Wacy, was, I mean, obviously I was with the Pats then, was... You were a real pain to play against. You put the puck in the net, but you never quit. You just worked and worked and worked and worked. And obviously that's what led to your pro career. So how, what do you teach the kids? You mentioned the skills camp, but there's more than just skills. What's your key to coaching youngsters and success and longevity and getting to the next level? Um, well, I basically have two philosophies. Well, one philosophy, actually. There's two nets, and both are equally as important. Um, you know, I was I was a scorer in junior, and when I got to the American League, I, I learned real quick that if I wanted to, you know, survive at that level, that I'd have to change my game, and that was one of the hardest parts for me. Is that you know, you, you just putting the ego aside, and you know, I had to block shots and play penalty kill, take faceoffs, and just learn the other side of the puck so that I could just 
you know, get a paycheck and stay in the American Hockey League. And, you know, that's something that a lot of players, unless you're like a top 10 pick, you're going to have to change your game. And you look at Andrew Cogliano, who just won a Stanley Cup. You know, that guy was a scorer coming out of uh, out of college, and he represented our country at World Juniors. He was a big offensive guy. And he won a Stanley Cup by being a bottom, you know, third or fourth line guy, taking face-offs, blocking shots. And, you know, that's something that I just want to teach to the next level is that, you know, you want, to, you want to have success, you know, scoring goals, that's nice, but team success is really important. That's that's where, when you have team success, the individual success comes after. We know this show has a very close association to the Saskatoon Blades, and we've had Brendan Sawney on their head coach. And uh, I'm just I'm trying to cross-reference your career and his. Did you play with him or against him somewhere along the line, or what is what is your history with the head coach of the Blades? Uh, I played against Brennan when he was in Everett. So that was my last year, and I think so. I was a twenty, and he was nineteen. And I just remember I stayed. If he was on the ice, I got off or stayed away from because he was pretty tough. And our uh, our Garrett Hunt and Lucic would handle would 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 go and uh, take care of Brandon. But um, from what I've heard and just conversations with him, he's very detailed, and that's something that I, I think I, I really need, especially with my infancy of coaching. Um, he's very detailed, which I am as well. So you know, I'm just really excited to work under him and, and learn from him and Dan De Silva and just to work with Hilti again you know it's 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 a really good makeup of you know we're young we're hungry but you know our hockey minds of <laughs> like you just said it's been 20 years and with Dan and Brennan's experience like it's over 60 to 100 years of, of hockey knowledge in there so we're excited to, to get going this spring. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys. And uh, it's unfortunate the injuries that they ran into in the playoffs last year because they're a very good team. I got to ask you, Wacey, one part of your story in life I didn't know is your wife, Ashley Collingbull. She's got quite a career. If I may, I think you might live in her shadow a little bit. And she's joining you in this franchise and the Saskatchewan Rush's ambassador. So tell me about Ashley. Uh, Well, the first thing when I say, when I talk about my wife, you know, I'm proud you know, she's done amazing things, but um, I'm Ashley's husband. <laughs> I introduced myself. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm Ashley's <laughs> husband. <laughs> and now in Saskatoon, I think she's uh, she's Wacy's wife. But um, no, it's exciting. You know, they when the Blades approached me, um, it was one you could tell it was a family feeling. I, t- I met with Colin. I met with Mike, and you know, knowing Hilti that they wanted to make sure that it was okay with Ashley. One to. You know, they, they kept saying that, like, make sure this is okay with your wife. This is, you know, before you come here and you talk to her. And and then once I, I committed, then they, they asked if they could talk to Ashley about becoming an ambassador, not only for the Blades, but the Rush. And, you know, when when I, as a coach, I, I told Ashley that, you know, we're probably going to move a lot, you know, just as a hockey player, which she was with me, we traveled around Europe. And then being a coach, she I, I expected her. But, you know, we never expected to to go to a place and where she would be involved with the team as well. And, you know, she's done some amazing things. She's had, uh, you know, a colorful upbringing, you know, I'm not going to speak on, on her behalf, but it was, she's, she's faced with adversity. And honestly, she's the most selfless person I've ever met. She always has time for people and she just wants to help. And, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm in awe and I've learned so much just being with her. And, you know, I'm on, honored that she's my wife and that we get to share this journey together. And I should have mentioned that right off the top. Ashley Collingbull, an ambassador for the Blades and the Rush, and Wacy joining the Rush. Sorry, the Blades as assistant coach. Maybe one day the Rush. Who knows, man? I think you could do anything. But when I got that text from the Blades, I was like, 
oh, this is a great fit. So I just got to say congratulations, my man. You earned it, and uh, I'll be excited to watch you guys this fall. Thank you, Rod, and I've always wanted to come on the show, so thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for the time, man. Keep in touch. Thank you. Enjoy Calgary. Saskatoon. Thank you, buddy. Oh, we are. We are, especially this beautiful Grey Eagle Resort and Casino. We're at night two of Cody Snyder's Bull Bustin' goes tonight. Taco Time viewer takeover next. Man, we've got through a lot so far today. Turning it over to you for pretty much the rest of the show, and the Moose will rejoin us in hour two. You are watching on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and, of course, 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Great Eagle Resort and Casino, the place to be most days, but especially this week for Cody Snyder's bull bust. And as you see, night two is tonight. By the way, it is Taco Time viewer takeover. Real food, real value, real flavor. Taco Time. Boy, there's so much to get to. I see my boy David Bowles, whom I used to work with on the radio in Regina. He is now at 630 Chad Edmonton. Here's breaking news for you. David Bowles saying, Edmonton Elks President Victor Quee just said on 630 Chad, kids 12 and under can go to Elks games for free for the rest of the season. Very cool initiative. Oh, 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 I got to talk with the Moose about that when he comes in here in hour two. Again, Victor Quee, all kids 12 and under, get in free. <laughs> I can see the rest of the CFL presidents going, no! At 40,000 empty seats there, they can do it. Not every team can do that. And good for victory. He doesn't care about the other teams. He cares about the Edmonton Elks. Troy in Toronto watching. He says, love to hear people share their recovery story. Thanks for being public and transparent, Wacy. It helps others like me take it ODAT one day at a time and not feel alone in my journey. That's the thing. If you just saw the interview with Wacy, I did a lot more podcasting on recovery five, six, seven years ago when I was getting sober. It's been seven years now. You never know who's listening. You never know who's out there listening and who you're helping, and Wacy just said he was one of them. That's an unreal story. Nelson, uh, our VP of Sim Events, writes in. He says, looking forward to deal or no deal. That Bombers-Lions matchup is spicy. We already did it. How about that? Way back in segment one, we got Moose's deal or no deal. We might get mine, but we already did it, Nelson. Coffee begins at 10 a.m. Mountain. Chop, chop. Got to be on time, my boy. Um, so this was sent to me by my friend Todd. I see everybody in the comments section talking about Kapril Kaprizov of the Minnesota Wild. So this has come from Michael Russo, who covers the Wild, I think, for The Athletic, right? Regarding reports that Kirill Kaprizov is wanted in Russia for allegedly buying a military ID in 2017 and has returned to the United States, a Wild source says he is not in the U.S., Obviously, this is a complicated story, and I'm working to see if there's merit. 
Thank you, Todd, for that. And from NHL Breakers on Instagram, NHL Breakers, which I don't know, is this to be trusted? Says Kaprizov fled Russia after hearing the news of Ivan Fedotov. He is now wanted by Russian authorities. This all just broke down this morning, and I think I'm going to leave that over here. I mean, we're in the middle of this emerging story, which I know nothing about. Russian military? Eh, I'd rather talk about the CFL. John in Edmonton says, Rod and crew, bring a rain jacket to Edmonton on Thursday. Supposed to rain and thunder. Okay, cool. I have rain gear. We have RP Show rain gear. I said to Moose, I've taken to wearing a lot of the RP Show branded merchandise around Calgary a lot, getting asked about it a lot. We're selling a lot. We've got rain gear. It might put a bit. Hey, by the way, nobody told us about tailgating earlier and what is available for Edmonton Elks tailgating. Can you tell us, please? Because we're thinking of uh, participating and throwing up a pop-up and meeting fans, and I'd like to meet Obviously, Mandy from Edmonton and John from Edmonton. Last minute of play in hour one. Last minute. From uh, John in Edmonton says, do you think the NHL team should sign Russian-born hockey players, Rod? Um, No comment, no opinion. Jack in Alberta says the Elks and Lions are forcing all other CFL teams to look at what real marketing looks like. Get the young fans in the stadium and treat them right. Hashtag fans for life. Yeah, we got to get into this more with Moose next hour because everything that Victor Queen and Mar Doman are doing is everything that I've been told won't work by CFL executives for years. So we'll get into that. The NHL stuff, it's all coming up in hour two. Stick around, everybody, here on Game Plus. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.